Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education in the Del Norte County Unified School District. Now, my name is Jeff Harris. I'm the superintendent of schools for Del Norte. And hopefully in 20 minutes or so, the time it would take to, to have a cup of coffee with a friend, we are going to have a conversation uh, about some things that are important to you as a, as a student, a staff member, a community member, uh, or just to give you some information about things that are going on in our district and our county. So joining me today, I have Jeff Napier, Assistant Superintendent for Business Services. Good afternoon. And and COVID czar. <laughs> and also uh, Bob Hadfield, uh, Dean of Students for Del Norte High and Del Norte High Athletic Director. Welcome, Bob. Thank you for having me. You're, you're really excited to be here today, aren't you? I, I live for these moments. <laughs> so um, today's topic, we're going to talk a little bit about where we are with um, changes and where we are currently with some COVID protocols. Um, we're going to spend most of our time talking about some of the new quarantine guidelines for positive uh, uh, staff and students. We're going to talk a little bit about group tracing, which is a relatively new. Uh, Jeff, how long have we been doing group tracing? About two weeks? Uh, yeah, a week and a half. Okay. So um, relatively new was only basically mentioned, I think, in early January or mid-January and uh, kind of went through all the legal channels. And as soon as we were able to do it, we put it into place. We also want to talk a little bit about home tests because home tests at the beginning of this whole shebang were uh, discouraged or not allowed. And I think the role of home tests has changed quite a bit. We'll talk with Bob a little bit about what CIF rules and regulations are and maybe how that impacts what's going on with our middle school sports. And finally, we'll let you know where you can get uh, all this guidance and how you can access it. So let's just kind of start the conversation. Jeff, when when COVID first started um, and somebody was COVID positive, there was no choice. You were out for 10 days. Um, what's it look like now, though? Because that they that that whole 10-day thing has been gone for a while, or at least it, it doesn't exist as a whole blanket. Correct. Uh, now, if this, uh, we'll talk about students first. Well, I guess students and staff, uh, those regulations are the same. Now, if you test positive, uh, you need to quarantine, or actually it's called isolation. You isolate for five days, and that's five days from the positive test if you don't have symptoms, or five days from the first day that the symptoms started. So, so let me clarify there. So if I'm completely asymptomatic, and I test, and I test on a Friday... And I get my test on a Friday. And well, let's be clear about tests too. These don't have to be the PCR tests that take two or three days to come in. Correct. These right? can be uh, antigen tests that are given by the district or uh, home tests, which are antigen tests. Th those rapid tests that everybody has access to. So if, if I'm completely asymptomatic, I can test on Friday. If I test on Friday and I'm positive, that starts my five-day isolation. Correct. Friday is day one. So then you count day one. So then Saturday would be day two. Sunday day three. So day five is the magic day in, under the new guidelines. On day five, you can test again. If you test negative, you can return back to school or work on day six. Okay. And But if I'm symptomatic and I had a really bad sore throat on Wednesday, I test on Friday, then my first day, day one, would be Wednesday. Correct. So I could test if that was... So if I if I was symptomatic on Wednesday, Wednesday would be day one. Thursday, Friday, I've tested. I'm positive. 
Saturday and Sunday. I could test on Sunday, and Sunday, if my antigen came back negative, I could come back to school or work on Monday. Correct. Um, and I think it's important for folks to know, too, that it's the antigen rapid test that will be negative because the PCR test can still show positive for up to 90 days. That's correct. Okay. So one of the other questions, too, is um, does vaccination status play a part in any of the isolation guidance? Yes, vaccination status does uh, play a part in uh, with um, employees. So employees who uh, we don't do the group tracing with the employees. So with employees, if they have been vaccinated, they do not need to quarantine if they are in contact. If they have not been vaccinated, then they do need to quarantine. So so when we start talking about quarantine because of a contact with a with a positive person, all that that we'll call it close contact because people have heard that now for two years. That close contact really only re applies to staff. Correct. Right? Um, so because we're doing with students right now what we're calling the group tracing. So so let's just kind of continue on the isolation. Is there any other consideration in isolation? So if you're positive, um, you're, you have to be out a minimum of five days from the positive date, or you have to be out a minimum of five days from the, from the onset of symptoms. As long as on day five... You have a negative test. You're able to come back on day six. If you continue to test positive or continue to have symptoms, then you would be out for um, more than the six days because you wouldn't come back to work or to school until you were symptom free for 24 hours or your 10th day was up or, and your 10th day was up. And your 10th day was up. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so... Is it possible, and just throw out a scenario, so somebody tests on day five, they're positive, they really want to come back, or a parent really wants their child to come back to school, so they can test them on day six, they're positive, they stay home. They test them on day seven, they're positive, they stay home. They test them on day eight, it comes back negative. Can they come back to school on day eight, or do they have to wait till day nine? No, they can come back on day eight. Okay, so as soon as they get that negative test... After day five, they're good to come. Correct. The CDPH guidance says testing on day five or after. Mm -hmm. So if they keep doing that, they test. Once they test negative, as long as they're asymptomatic, right. they can return. Okay. So you mentioned group tracing. So I think that's the other piece, too, because with staff, we're still doing close contact. So um, Bob's walking into a to a class, and, and let's just say he was unvaccinated, and there's a, there's a positive case in the class. Bob may have to go home for five days, right? And then after on day five or later, test. If he's negative, he comes back to work on day six. We're not doing that for kids though, right? No, with kids, um, the assumption is now that kids are in contact a lot. And so uh, the close contact or the, uh, the group tracing, the group tracing uh, protocols are just, instead of trying to determine exactly which kids were in close contact with the positive student, they, they just make the assumption that everybody was in contact. But since everyone was in contact, they can continue coming to school. They recommend that they test on day five, and the only students that we isolate are positive students. So, and I think I've said this in some different things, and, and I think we've even put this on the website. So basically, this effectively ends whole class quarantines. This effectively ends all of that, because really... It's just like any other illness, only the sick child goes home. 
Correct. Unless we started seeing a major outbreak in a class, then we may close that class just because of that. But so far, we haven't been seeing major outbreaks in classes. So, you know, and that brings up a good point. And Bob, you can answer this too. You can jump in here. I know that you're just hanging on with, with you know, by your fingernails till we get to the CAF part. But um, are we seeing either either at Del Norte High, which is our probably our largest comprehensive school, or at any of our other schools, transmission really occurring in classes? I'm not sure I know how to answer that other than I think we're seeing, I think, a decline in, in what's happening in our school. Mm-hmm. And as far as shutting down a whole teams we've never had to do that right well you know the high school really has been amazing with all the passing periods and all the classes um that there just haven't been that many positive kids correct we we have some assumed transition in classrooms i mean to actually determine exactly where a student uh, would have picked it up because right. when they're we're, outside of school right. we're we, a small community exactly yep. uh, we have had what we would call like little clusters in classrooms where there may be one positive student and then three or four days later uh, one or more students uh, become positive and mm-hmm. so we look at that and say that's a, a presumed um, transmission but we can't we can't prove it indefinitely or definitely but right. in terms of seeing a classroom, one kid, and then all of a sudden four kids, and then it just spreading throughout the classroom, we haven't seen that at all. Right. Well, and I think that that's pretty interesting because a lot of schools around the state, um, there's been a lot of concerns because some of them have been closing classes because of positive. Some of them have been closing whole schools because that kind of thing is happening. But, you know, Bob, I think you'd said it. We really haven't had to do that. We, I think it was early on, and it might have even been last year or something, Bob, when when we had to send home like a grade level because, you know, we just don't know where students were. And so a grade level work from home, that's when we run that, that kind of hybrid thing last year. Um, but this year has been very different. So the, I think the takeaway a lot of our families can, can go with is your child will only be quarantined if they are COVID positive and you've submitted that to us. Now, we still do ask if they are symptomatic. I mean, if they've got the flu, if they've got cough, if they've got any of those other symptoms, keep them home, get them healthy. I know there's been some concern that you're going to get a letter from SARB saying we're going to SARB your child. That's not true. What you may get um, is you may get a letter that says your child has been identified as chronically absent. Remember, chronic absenteeism is a state definition and we're required to tell you that that doesn't mean anything is going to happen to you or your child. I just want to be really clear about that. Chronic absenteeism is chronic absenteeism is just a required notification when for any reason a child has missed 10 or more days of school, right? Excluding quarantine. Um, on the other hand, um, and, and, and again, that's chronic absenteeism. So, Uh, A trip to Disneyland, we might want to talk about that. But keeping your child home because they're symptomatic or because they're under quarantine, uh, we want you to feel comfortable and confident doing that. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, uh, we talked a little bit about the antigen test. So Jeff, we weren't really able to use home tests until relatively recently. I think it was um, maybe late last fall. So what's the difference right now between utilizing home tests for students and a staff member utilizing a home uh, rapid antigen test? Well, uh, CDPH has uh, changed their guidance on the home tests. It used to be that home tests we couldn't accept that had to be 
the test had to be administered by someone who was trained in a clinical setting. Uh, they've changed that guidance. Now parents can administer home tests, and that's for exclusion from school. To, to, if they're positive, we're, we assume that that positive is correct. The student needs to isolate, and also for returning from isolation. So on that day five, if you test your child after they've been positive, and it is negative, all we need to do is take a picture of the test, write that student's name on the test, the date that it was taken, and then your student can return on day six. So the home tests are for out of school and for back into school. So easiest way to do that, write the name of your child on the test, snap a picture of the negative test and email it to your child's school and say they'll be there tomorrow. Correct. Okay. And with employees, employees fall under the OSHA guidelines. And so home tests for employees really can't be used because a person is not allowed to take to take their own test, administer it to themselves, and then read it. It has to be read by a district, a, a district employee who's been designated as someone who would read tests. So we provide testing for all of our employees at Two Trees or at the sites. Well, and I think the interesting part is not only do we, which it always just amazes me that, um, I don't know, for some reason, CDPH doesn't treat our employees like respectable, trustworthy people. Um, and we have to read those tests. And, and I understand some of the rationale there. But um, but not only are we offering tests for our staff, we are offering tests for students too, right? Correct. We have testing at all the sites with the antigen testing. And if your student... Um, if they're at school and they're showing symptoms or something like that, uh, we can test them there. Uh, we will be doing testing at sites by appointment. You can call the offices. Now, if your student is home with a, confer with a positive, we do not want you bringing your child to their school. To try to get that negative to test. To try to get the negative test. You can uh, call the Two Trees Center uh, where our nurses are, and they can schedule you an appointment to come in and get your child tested there. And, and I think the other thing is, is was also true is if you've had a weekend go by and your child is symptomatic, let's say on a Monday morning, um, we don't want you taking your child to school symptomatic and then having them tested at school. We'd ask for you to call two trees, again, set up that appointment and go have your child tested before you take them to school. Correct. Okay. But let's say that your child was, you were notified that your child was a contact at school and the recommendation is testing on day five. If they're um, asymptomatic, then you can coordinate with your school site to get them tested at school on that day five. Great. At, at no cost. At no cost. At no cost. So, Bob, all this, I'll say, labyrinth of rules and regulations plays, yes. plays into your daily routine as the uh, athletic director for Del Norte High, too, doesn't it? It has. Well, yeah. We've had, You've had fun with it. A lot of fun, but <laughs> tremendous support from our nursing staff. Yeah. They've done an excellent job. What we've been doing testing-wise is for our winter sports, we had to test wrestling, basketball, cheer, and our drill team if they did not want to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. That was the requirement. So we've tested once a week. We're wrapping up our winter sports. All we have left now is some uh, very good wrestlers that are moving on to NCS, and our boys' basketball team is still participating, mm -hmm. and varsity cheer. They tested this week on Monday. Uh, to allow them not to wear a mask. Moving forward with spring sports, which have started, mm -hmm. there's no masking requirement for spring sports, no testing requirement. Because they're all outside. Absolutely. Now, the one caveat, sir, is uh, sometimes there's bad weather here in the spring. Oh, yeah. And our teams will move into the gym. Uh, coaches will be notified that if they're in the gym, they have to mask. Okay. Or or we can set up testing. We can set if, up testing. If we know in advance. Well, so, Jeff, that, you know, so... Do those same testing rules apply to um, 
middle school athletics? Well, uh, on the local level, we applied them to the middle school athletics because CDPH really didn't talk about um, the testing on the sports so much. We The high school is following CIF, so we basically did the same thing that, uh, with the high with the middle school. So our middle school at winter athletes were testing once a week. Yeah. And, and like you said, Bob, our nurses have done a great job. with Outstanding. It. And they've been doing testing now for what year and a half or so. It's been a while. Yeah. And they've, they've picked up the slack cause I've heard the horror stories from the other school districts and their athletic departments. And I just get a big grin on my face when I'm on the road and say, <laughs> we got great nurses at our school. Yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. So, you know, so you mentioned masking, so, you know, I, there was some ridiculousness with masking, saying that kids had to wear masks while they were playing basketball, and that came directly from CIF, right, mm-hmm. and, and in their conversations with CDPH. And I heard you say that's no longer the case. No longer. That's why we did the testing once a week. And so that, that eliminates that whole masking The question. need for the mask. If the kids test once a week, mm-hmm. they, there's no need to wear the mask while exerting in, in activity, i.e. wrestling and basketball. Right. Okay. And spectators, I know, were told that they were they were supposed to wear a mask for CIF indoor events. As well as every student in the building and teacher in the building. Yeah. It's still a rule and law. Well, let me use my words carefully. It, we're under the guidance that if indoors, you're supposed to be masked. Right. But, like you said, our spring sports are moving outside. Absolutely. And right now, and Jeff, tell me if I'm wrong, even down to our preschool and transitional, there are no masks required outdoors for anyone. Correct. So as we move into spring sports outdoors, there's no masking no required masking. for anybody. No masking. The only thing I will have to check on is transportation on a bus. That's yep. something I want to look into. Well, and, and and my understanding with that, Bob, is is even though the statewide indoor masking mandates were lifted uh, today, those masking mandates still apply to uh, public transportation, which school buses are considered public transportation, K-12 schools, child care, health care, uh, long-term care facilities, um, elder care, homeless shelters, warming and cooling centers, um, prisons and detention centers, and there are a couple of other maybe that I missed uh, that are excluded from the masking, um, the, 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 the removal of the masking guidelines today. So... So the another thing that comes because we talked about spectators, uh, I know that there was a there was a lot of hubbub that happened when in early January CDPH dropped their their mega indoor event limits mm-hmm. from five thousand to five hundred. Correct. And uh, CIF responded, or at least the Humboldt Del Norte League responded by basically seeing every participant, every athlete, mm-hmm. got to have roughly four seats. Right. Right. And, and again, fun times were had by all having sure. to hash that out. Uh, but recently that's changed, right? It's back to a mega indoor event is 1,000, over 1,000. Uh, we're fortunate enough to know that in a playoff game, which we're hosting tonight, right. it's not a mega event because our capacity is 940. So tickets of sales are online. It, you may see on the on the platform that's selling tickets. Mm-hmm. It, there's a there's a there's a place on their fat, platform that states you may be required to show proof of positive. That's not the case because we're not a mega event. Right. 
won't won't go over that one thousand mark. Will not. You have to buy, purchase your ticket online. There are no cash shells at the gate. You can go go to our website to see where purchase the tickets or gofan.com if you're sitting at home. But if you're able to purchase a ticket online, you're getting in the gym. But in the gym, we're supposed to wear masks. So well, that and that's pretty cool that our guys have gotten there. Oh yeah, they've yeah. done well. They've coach, done well. Coach Rice, first year varsity head coach, has done an excellent job, and we'll just get better with it, more experience. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and Mike, I think Michael um, Hawkins and I had also talked, and it was on the Monday update that because this is a playoff game, right. CIF will not allow us to live stream it like we have all of our other games. Right. They're contracted through the NFHS network. Right. And NFHS does not live stream through us. Right. So we do all of our own live streaming. So if you want to watch the game, um, and here again, you're probably hearing this after the game, so you can probably go back and just check out the scores. <laughs> right. But but if you're but if you do want to watch the game, um, again, that that live streaming will not be available. So um, you know, I think the Really, the only last thing that I'll add in here is if you do want to see the actual guidance, uh, you can go to our website, dnusd.org slash families. In the gold section that is communication to families, you can click down there. You can also click on the COVID link. That'll take you to more um, links. But really, you, the two you want to pay the most attention to are the CDPH guidelines and the Del Norte Public Health Guidelines. Um, and before we go, gentlemen, we're kind of at the end of our time. So is there anything else, Jeff or Bob, you'd like to add? I did want to mention, I forgot to mention during the um, the group uh, tracing, mm-hmm. is that uh, students are involved in extracurricular activities, such as sports. Um, or clubs. Or clubs, that if they are notified that they were a contact, um, the five-day testing, if they don't get tested on the fifth day, Uh, they can't participate in those activities. That's part of the CDPH guidance. So So, it's mandatory testing for extracurricular activities. Everybody else, that's not mandatory testing on that fifth day. So again, I'm going to go back to Bob, what you were saying a little bit earlier. So um, for your outdoor sports, students don't have to be tested. But Jeff, what you're saying is if they do get a letter that says they were in a group that may have been exposed... Um, no later than day five after that letter goes home, they would have to be tested and be negative in order to continue to participate. Correct. Otherwise, they would have to wait to the end of the 10-day the quarantine period to resume the extracurricular activities. Okay. So again, just to be clear, this, is, this only applies to students who get a group contact letter. Correct. So... I would just like to give a shout out to the tech department, Michael Hawkins, for the live streaming they've done. Uh, I don't, I'm unfortunately I don't watch them live. I, I'm, well, at the, live. I'm at the games, <laughs> but everyone I've talked to, including visiting schools, they'll they'll chime into our channel because the quality is excellent. And if you've ever watched something off the NFHS network, I'm not bashing the NFHS, but the quality is nowhere near what our quality is. So, thank you for that. Yeah, and thanks for bringing that up, Bob, because I don't know if you know, but. Um, our our department and the work that we're doing with the live streaming is actually getting national attention because we're one of the few public school systems that are using something, number one, to the extent that we are, and number two, to the quality that we have. Perfect. So, yeah, that's great. Go Warriors. <laughs> Go Warriors. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you have any other questions or if you need more information, again, go to dnusd.org. A lot of that information is right there. Um, 
We hope everybody has a great rest of your week and weekend. Thank you. 